Welcome to Message Received. In this episode, Cyril and Tim are speaking about how employees can make their bosses better leaders. Hey, Cyril, how are you doing? Hey, Tim, I'm really good. Thanks, how are you? Good. Can you give yourself a, an introduction to, to our listeners and just contextualize a little bit about your background, your education, and your current role at Audience? My, my role at Audience, I'm an account manager. I've been with the company for four years. Um, initially joined the production department and about two years ago moved into the client services. Um, and in terms of my role, it's, it's really to work um, with our clients to develop their communication strategies that do create meaningful change for their audience. Whether these strategies are a communications plan, internal meetings or events, training program, workshop, and then work with our team at audience, you know, the creative, the production, finance, um, to deliver the highest quality on timeline and on budget. Prior to joining audience, um, I was working at Novartis in communications and patient relations, actively encouraging a two-way mutually beneficial conversation between pharma and the patient community. And prior to that, I was working in New York for the Swiss government in the promotion of Swiss research, technology and innovation, and especially working with three startups to get them um, an exposure to the US market. So I would say it's a, it's a pretty diverse, condensed experience, but with communications and customer services as a common denominator. And in terms of my academic background, um, I hold a master's degree in management from the University of Lausanne in Switzerland with a specialization in organizational behavior, which is the study of behaviors and decision-making in the workplace, including leadership and development, which I believe is um, what the topic is about today. So great to have you on the program. And let's let's go back to your education, because I like to say that I'm a student of leadership, but you were literally a student of leadership. You studied leadership on the academic level. What were the key lessons that you learned about leadership then? What were the takeaways? I think the first takeaway is that leadership can be trained and taught. Um, I think a lot of people think, you know, you either have it or you don't, but you can actually train it and you can get better at it um, and there's ways to do it. Um, so I'd say that's the first lesson. What I think is interesting as well from a leadership standpoint is the influence that it has on how you approach a relationship, whether it's your relationship with um, your direct report, because that's the obvious, the obvious situation, right? But also your relationship with your colleagues, with your clients, uh, with your mom, really, I think, taught me a lot. So I would say that that's the two things. Yeah, a couple of points there I'd love to delve into a little bit more deeply. It, whether leadership is innate, a natural thing, or whether it can be taught is such a perennial discussion. And I, I like that you've taken a position that it can be taught. But what about the, let's say, uh, base case? The innate, are, are there people who, even if they practiced and took many courses and read many books would struggle to be a decent leader but another person who does have much more natural ability when they add training and skill building really take it to another level like is it truly an equal playing field any of us could learn to be a great leader or or do some people have a natural head start let's say leadership can be defined in terms of, of the attributes right and i think all of us sits somewhere on the spectrum of those attributes. So if your question is like, do we all start 
from the same place? I would tend to argue no, but can we all end somewhere better? Clearly, yes. Okay. Yeah, that rings true with me. I mean, it, all, it always seemed that when I was a little kid, there were natural leaders in any kind of group that we would all sort of follow uh, just through or organic experience, right? It's like, wow, this person seems to be knowing what they're doing or they're very confident or they're in charge. And then later in life, the the less obvious leader would start to emerge. And I definitely think in adult life, you see someone who takes it seriously, who trains themselves, who works with some mindfulness around their leadership can have huge impact and really improve things without so many of the almost cliches around leadership that the person is very confident and likes to present and is extroverted and tough and so forth. And then the other side is, is the word relationship and that it's almost like a decision around the type of relationships you want to have the leader tell me more about that that's very interesting well i think leadership can take many forms right but i think the the most common form or 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 the type of leadership that people immediately think about um, is leading people right and there's different ways to lead people Um, and it can be around motivation around sharing a vision around managing performance around influencing and convincing people and there's you know if you think about it we're doing this day in day out you know engaging with people and trying to convince convey a message i don't mean to put it in the negative way but you know get people to do things well i i actually think that's huge and the the author john c maxwell who is a legend in leadership circles he's written probably 30 books on the topic and if there's if there is anyone who can call him or herself a world authority on on leadership it's john c maxwell and he's got a great quote which says the true measure of leadership is influence nothing more nothing less he's really emphatic about it that that's what leaders do they influence people hopefully in positive directions to do positive mm-hmm. things, but it's your ability to influence that makes you a leader, not your title, not your position, not your anything that says what it says on your business card. Is, it's kind of irrelevant. It's your ability to to influence. So I think that, you know, that strikes a real chord, which I guess brings us to the heart of the topic today. And, and I guess it's the idea of leading the leader. So how does someone who is lower in the hierarchy, more junior, doesn't have any direct reports perhaps, how do they lead their boss or their boss's boss? How do you lead from, I don't like this language because it, it right away it gets us into trouble, but you would say it's leading from below. And there's, there's negative connotations to that. So we can, and we can, we can talk about that. But I, I think that's what we wanna get into today. And I thought, a great way to frame the conversation would be with with Maxwell's idea of the five levels of leadership. So I'll read them out for our listeners just to to frame it so it's clear, and then we can use that as a leaping off point for talking about leading upward, leading the leader. 
So the five levels of leadership that Maxwell outlines and in classic Maxwell tradition, there's a hook to it. So they all start with a P. The foundation is what he calls position. So this is leading people follow you because they have to. And it's the lowest, most basic form of leadership, all based on rights. So people, they'll do what you say purely because of your role. So it's limited to, and that could be any position. It could be the CEO. It could be people are only following you because of of your position. The next layer up, so it's getting more elevated as we go, is permission. Meaning the follower gives you your position as leader willingly. So I'm going to follow you because I want to. And that this is relationship oriented. So I choose to follow you. I give you my permission to be my leader. Next layer up is production. So people follow because of what you have done for the organization. It's results oriented. Next level up, people development. So now people are following you because of what you have done for them. You've given them an opportunity to learn or an opportunity to grow or you've taught them something. And this is what he calls the leadership of reproduction. So you're, re- you're reproducing leadership through your, through your own leadership. And then the, the top, the fifth, he calls the pinnacle. And this is interesting because no one, you can't, his argument is the first four, you very much control. You can choose your behavior to achieve them. The fifth, other people bestow on you. You have no choice in the matter. People either put you there or not. And it's the level of respect. And people follow because of who you are and what you represent. And I think it's just such a beautiful framework. It's so clear. And people can find it in his book, um, The 360 Leader, and in other places in other works of his as well. The key idea is that this is all a choice except for a pinnacle. This is all a choice. It's got nothing to do with your title, nothing to do with where you sit in the organization. Because, And I think this is just so obviously true. We've all seen someone with a big fancy title and they're high in the organization who either don't lead or lead poorly. And we've all seen people who are low in the organization with a low title and maybe no direct reports and no official leadership position at all who are great leaders. So with this is the framework, let's get into the discussion. And you know, we do a lot of leadership programs. You've seen a lot of ship, a lot of leadership training that we do with our clients. What strikes you about people who choose to lead from a, a more junior position in the organization and to lead upward, to, to lead the leader? What what are your thoughts on that, Cyril? I really like what you said at the very beginning. It's like it's about leading the leader. And I think I think that that's something that um, I'll come back to because that that's so key. But the other part about the those five P, and you and you mentioned it with permission, is often leadership is defined in terms of fellowship, right? You're no leader if you don't have a follower. And, and the interesting piece of it is is the first layer, which is position. It's it's like your your fellowship was given to you. Um, and they have no other choice. Well, they can they can choose to rebel, but they have no other choice to to follow you, or or you have no other choice to be their leader. 
Um, and I think where it gets interesting is when you go up the layers and you go into permission, production, people development, and the pinnacle of respect, that's where the theories of leadership gets really, really interesting. Um, and coming back to your question, um, what do I think of, of people that don't have a formal title and I want to lead? Um, I'm going to say go for it. Uh, yeah, go for it. For several reasons. One, the, your organization needs it. Your organization needs leadership. And what one of the one of the great tragedies is everyone pointing fingers and looking for the leader. So when I when I see that, when people are saying, "What well, this situation is, we're in a bad situation. This organization is is terrible. We're 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 going nowhere. Where's the such a lack of leadership? Where's the leadership? I I don't see any leadership. And this person should look in the mirror." Because I, they're looking for someone else to lead, and I, I think it's the, it's the first major insight about leadership that anyone who wants to aspire to be a leader needs to understand is that no one can do it for you. It's very interesting. I, I find the longer I do it, the you realize that not only can no one give it to you. You can barely give it to yourself. I mean, it's really difficult. It's it's hard to do. Going back to Maxwell again, one of his his favorite lines is that the hardest person to lead is yourself. And it's the first job of leadership is to lead yourself. So the organization needs it and therefore and it is starving for it because you, and if you're looking around not seeing it, well, this is your opportunity to step in and provide it. Go for it. And you need it. So well, who else is going to lead you if you're not going to lead yourself? So there's at least two reasons to do it. The organization needs it and you need it. And it requires, well, what do you think it requires? From When you see people and when you, you yourself feel like you're stepping up as a leader, what, what, what does a person need in order to enter the arena? Well, I, th I think they, they need to, to understand the position they're in. Right. Um, and, and you demonstrated before with with the five levels, very often, more often than not, you put in a leading position without even asking for it. Um, and so I, th I think there's from that perspective there everybody could benefit from leadership training, whatever this training looks like. And, and I guess that's what strikes me or, or strikes me in, in the work that we're doing with our clients is that most of the time, the need to train leadership skills comes for people either in leadership position or as what I refer to as being a rising star. So being in a leadership position in six, nine, 12 months from now. And what I was questioning and challenging is like, but why is it just for these type of people? Why isn't it for everybody? Starting as young as possible, I think, yeah. and and that's my big insight lately. I, I work with a lot of people who they are in a more senior position than they've ever been before. Let's say they've been promoted to VP for the first time, or they're they're trying to get promoted to VP for the first time, and they're on that kind of cusp, and they realize that they need to improve their leadership. So they reach out, and you start coaching them. And without question, it's 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 not too late. It's never too late. Absolutely never too late. But you do get the sense of we should have started this years ago. 
And you would be so much further ahead. You'd be so much better off had you embraced leadership in your earlier in your career before you had the title that required it. So that's that answers your question, I think. Like, when's the right time to start learning about leadership and being trained in leadership as early as possible? You, you'd also have a lot more rising stars. I mean, this idea of the rising star, I think, is often left to the notion of you you spoke earlier about is is leadership something that is trained or is um natural it's almost like we're looking for the natural rising star and then we're going to give the natural rising star leadership training versus saying well why don't we give everybody leadership training and you will have some unexpected people who maybe didn't look like they were going to be the rising star suddenly uh being very impressive because they're they're learning a skill that they can now apply it's it's not just going to come naturally, right? And I think you're putting your finger on something really, really important here. Um, and you mentioned you mentioned a couple of times the word organization. Um, and, and you know, in, in the in in the examples that you gave, you're like, oh, it's it's very um, looking at leadership from the perspective of the leader. You know, what what does it mean for me? Um, what can I learn from it? What can I give back? Um, but I think it's really interesting to look at it from the perspective of, of an organization. What does an organization gain from from building better leaders? And those better leaders might be people in, you know, the first level position position. Uh, but why? What you know? Why not extend it to everybody? Um, and in a way, raise the the level playing field of the whole organization. Sure. And I mean, if your organization is suffering from any of the following, there's a lack of leadership. If the organization doesn't know where it's going, if the people in the organization are unhappy or burning out, if people are working 12-hour days on video calls and don't have time for lunch, if uh, people are very disengaged and not enjoying their jobs like all of these are signs of a lack of leadership and then i think the very non-leader mentality is oh the senior management's no good look we don't know what direction we're going in we are all burning out and working too many hours um, i'm not fulfilled i'm not getting the training that i need see how bad these senior leaders are and it's like, no, man, you're, you're missing it completely. Your own leadership is lacking. And the leadership of your colleagues at your level is lacking. Is it, is it all your fault? Well, kind of, yeah. It doesn't matter that you're the, the most junior person in the hierarchy. You have a responsibility to lead. And I think we've, are in our, our current culture somehow, this idea has been been missed like it's just it's absent so i'm not saying that senior leaders don't have uh, the responsibility to lead they absolutely do but so does anyone in the organization and uh, probably the, the the senior people with the titles truly have no excuse because it, it says especially when it says it in the title it's literally like i'm the i'm i'm the leader of x you know it's like leaders in your title well of course you should be leading but I think anyone in the organization should be leading. And it, it's it's difficult to accept that level of ownership, you know? Yeah, and then 
I mean, coming from somebody in your position, leading a company, hearing you say that, I think is very telling of the topic. I, I just want to, you mentioned before, you know, if, if you've got your, if you've got people in your company that are demotivated, are disengaged, are dissatisfied, um, you've got a leadership problem. And, and I do believe that there's a lot in, in leadership that talks about motivation. And I do believe that if people understand how motivation work and how their own motivation work, um, that can help solve a lot of, of the, the problem that some companies um, may face, right? So I've, I was, in a, I was in, a, in a situation not, not so long ago where um, in my performance review with, with, my, with my boss, um, we talked a little bit about um, motivation. Um, and and I, did, I did share, you know, I, I do not care much about bonus or being paid on performance or being paid on volume. Um, I do care more about diversity in my job and stability. Sure. Um, and I do believe that me understanding how my own motivation work and being able to share this openly with my leader um, help, you know, help me being a more satisfied employee, but also my leader understand who I am as an employee and then put in place the structures and the mechanisms within the organization that would support, you know, me and then as a result, the organization as a whole. Um, and so I think I think that's really this, it, it's a virtual cycle. It's like, you know, it's, it's the beginning and the end that never stops. Absolutely. And I think that a few of the words that we saw in Maxwell's five layers, relationships and reproduction, come to mind here is the idea that without a relationship, how could I possibly provide leadership to you? I need to know what motivates you. I need to know I need to know just enough about your life, right? I need to know the context of your life. What are you going through right now? What are your challenges? What are your priorities? So that I can understand what might be holding you back or what might be frustrating you or what your main concerns might be. And then also to know what would incentivize you and what would motivate you. And that's different for every person and it's different for them at different periods of their of their career, depending on, you know, their life circumstance and how long they've been in their job and so forth. So I think that's that's critically important. And I, I always find that's my those are my moments of greatest satisfaction as a leader where I see someone in the limelight taking the applause, fully deserving every minute of it. And it's all theirs. It's all them. And and now and that's I guess that's maybe the reproduction level. Because now they're the leader and you literally, your job as the more senior person becomes to follow. So I need to step back and follow because this person is now doing such a, a great job leading. And that's another exhilarating feeling for a leader. If you get your head, if you have your ego in check, when, you're, when your ego is out of whack, that won't work because you you want to really feel that you are leading. Uh, but when, but when, you, when the person who's like five levels below you in the organization is leading and you're just sitting there following, feels great. And and I think you you just describing one of the the most in, most important or, or most debated 
um, topic in leadership, which is the difference between leading and managing. Um, and, and I think a, a big part of being a leader is developing others and creating new leaders, what you just described. But I think there's a misconception in, in the general public's mind of what the role of a leader is. And more often, I think, is associated with the traditional tasks of a manager, right? So controlling, making sure you, you, you know, you're getting your results. And when I say results, I mean quantitative results, not necessarily qualitative results, um, that you know, you're the you're the big boss checking you out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and coming back to to you know, kind of like the center of, of this talk about um, providing leadership training or leadership concepts to the, the whole of your organization. It's also clarifying um, this distinction and getting people to understand what the reality of their boss and their leader actually is, right? Um, and understand that it's, it's not an easy job. Um, and, and there's so much more than just checking that you've done your financial targets. And, and I think you're onto something here where, so if you ask the question, how can I lead my boss? How can I lead the leader? Here's a, the, the manager versus leader thing is, is a great area of opportunity. So let's say your boss is not necessarily a micromanager, but is a capital M manager. And they are giving you tasks and following up and checking up and checking and they're really good they're, they're checking up on you they're they're they care about you like a really good manager i'm not talking about you know it's a really good manager they're so busy managing they're not having time to lead and to think like the leader they're trying to do too much so one thing you can do is find ways to say hey boss you know what why don't i manage this myself this month and I will give you the update at the end. Like you won't have to chase me. I will chase you. Or, hey boss, I got this actually. Why don't you go? And I know that you've been meaning to, to take some time to read that book. Why don't you go and read that book? Or, hey boss, you know what? Let us make this decision. If you don't like it, you can override it, but let us make this decision on our own. And Or my favorite is when people in my team, they just do stuff. And like, I don't get asked for permission. I don't get asked for approval. Something just happens. And it's like, you know, it's great. It's like, cool. So that's people leading upwards. It's saying, hey, back off in a good way, back off, give your, you're supposed to be doing strategic thinking. I mean, I think that the, the list of what a leader is literally responsible for also gets under talked about. Like you are supposed to be looking forward. You are supposed to be doing strategic thinking. You are supposed to be wondering about black swan type of scenarios that might impact us. You do need to be paying attention to the competition and you know really scanning and understanding the marketplace. If you're doing that, you can't be down in the details. And management is, you know, all about a lot of details. So it, it, it's almost like saying to the boss, well, I will self-manage as long as you lead. I think that's absolutely spot on. I, I, th I think that's, and, and this idea, I think, I think as, as a, 
for lack of a better word, as the direct report, understanding this mechanism of I will self-manage as long as you lead or so that you can lead um, is, is really, really important. There's another thing as well that I think, there's, there's another thing we can also talk about is this, it's not my, it's not my job attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not, it's not your position to be in a managing position in that case, then you just step away from it. It's like, I'm not paid to do that, which leads to unproductive behaviors. Um, instead of being collaborative, you're completely uncollaborative, potentially political deci- behaviors. Um, and, and really as an organization, who needs that? Do you really need that? Oh yeah, I, I think, I think for a lot of leaders and certainly for anyone who is an entrepreneur, the the phrase, that's not my job, it's there's almost nothing worse to hear uh, from someone in your team. That's not my job. Even if they're technically absolutely correct, it's just the, it's a very, one, it's very fixed mindset. So it's not a growth mindset uh, statement. It doesn't feel like being interested in the greater good. It doesn't feel like a curious person who's open to like, why am I being asked to do this? And it it seems like someone who's very interested in doing kind of like the the minimum, you know? And so whether a task is considered too below them or too above them, that reaction, that's not my job, is I think received in the same way. So in fact, rather than that's not my job, it's that's our job and I want part of it. I want in on it. I want to, I want to get in on it, you know, and that attitude just is beautiful. And I think, it, I think that is a leadership mindset. I think, I think the other, the other ideas as well is if leadership is a choice you make, not a place you sit, as John Maxwell would say, what's the compensation that should go with it? Like if it's, it's almost like an attitudinal quality of a person. So I'm choosing to be the leader. What do I want for that? Like, do I like do I need you to give me a hundred bucks for that because I took leadership in this moment? So I, I don't know how that strikes you. I mean, on a very personal level, I think if you're exercising leadership in hope of a financial compensation, you may not be doing the right thing. Um, and you said it before, leadership is a choice. You may be, you may be put in, in leading position, but the way you approach leadership is totally up to you. Um, and virtually any leader that I've been given to interact with, observe, talk to, are deeply passionate about the work that they do. And I don't think this passion is coming from the money they make out of it. Yeah, I fully agreed. I have a, a, a client of ours who is one of the best leaders I've ever worked with. And I've had the privilege to work with him for, it's like 15 years now, something like that. And when I, when I started working with him, he was a brand manager on a country level. And now he's a senior vice president on a global level. So he's had 
multiple um, multiple promotions over the years hasn't changed at all. Like he's grown and matured and and you know so lots of development, lots of growth. But in terms of foundation principles and approach and certainly concept around leadership hasn't changed at all. And that idea of um, leading a service, right? I'm in service to others. And my my job is to help other people uh, improve and support them and allow them to develop. Can't put a price on that. No, and, and I think for our listeners, we're not trying to say that being a good leader should not be compensated for or recognized for. Um, and I think, I mean, y- you tell me, you know, what what do you get from being from being from doing the work that you do, um, aka being a leader? So I guess I come at it from a, a couple of angles. One, if I if I go back to Maxwell's five five levels, you know, level three is production. So I think he if he was talking to us, he'd say, well, don't lose sight of results. And so I got to make sure I'm I'm not losing sight of results because it's not to say someone is a great leader but doesn't get great results, I guess, wouldn't make much sense, would it? Not really. Um, but then in terms of the intrinsic motivation to lead and the the benefit that one gets from doing it, it it it's all those other dimensions as well. The quality of relationships, the real incredible experience of watching people uh, take off in their careers and do really interesting work and go on and go and and go far beyond ever what you could have uh, accomplished. You know, so it's like. There's your success, and then there's the success of those that you led. And when you see them go off and do great things, it's, well, I guess that's that reproduction level. So I'm not sure if I'm, I'm, if I'm answering your question. I guess I'm saying on the one hand, super tangible. To be a great leader, you need to be achieving results. That will inevitably learn lead to kind of success. But... It's a paradox. It's almost like if that's what you're chasing, you're never going to get it because you need to there needs to be enough intrinsic motivation uh, to lead that you would do it, whether it led to success or not. But you also hear like a lot of satisfaction from from, you know, leading people and building leaders as well. Right. You, you mentioned it a couple of times that this reproduction factor, um, I think, is, is really keen in the whole discussion. Yeah, it's the great it's the greatest buzz you'll get as a leader. Our podcast is called Message Received. What message do you have for our audience in closing that you really want them to take away from this conversation? Well, first, that you know, leadership is everybody's business. And that there is hope for those of you who don't believe you are leaders. It can be trained, it can be taught, and it can be effective. Cyril, thank you so much for joining us on Message Received. It was a really enjoyable conversation. Take care, everybody. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you for joining us on Series 3 of Message Received. We hope you've enjoyed it.